All right, so a couple of important things as we start hour number two. Number one, I'm efforting Desmond Ritter. That's important thing number one. Important thing number two is this. I'm going to hold this up as a submission that should never have seen the light of day. At least not on air. Now again, I can't control what you do on your various platforms, including the X. And I mean, we frequently take submissions from the X. I've got well over a million followers on the X. The X matters to me a lot. With that said, I hold this up as a submission of what will not be allowed, what will not be tolerated, what cannot be done, and will get you run. And when I say run, I don't mean from that segment. I mean from the program. From the jungle. For life. We've done this a couple of times. And notice that when I hit somebody with a life sentence, it's not one of those deals where they get out on eight years on good behavior. Life means life. All right? I'm fighting a losing battle here on one particular topic. And it's starting to really piss me off. I'm being serious about this. Stephen Palm Springs, you're the dude I'm going to single out right now. You're the guy that I'm going to hold up for everybody to see. Steve, I know you, at least as a contributor. I see what you do. I know you like this show. I know you like being a part of this show. If it means something to you, I'm going to let you off with a warning. But this is not just a warning for you, Steve-O. It's a warning for everybody like you that keeps doing this. This is the type of thing that will get you banned from this show. Because I keep saying this. Stop doing it. Stephen Palm Springs, quote, Snagger, tell Vic to hit that Jardian's chick to take care of his slump. Signed, Gracie. Steve, do it again and you're done, bro. Don't try me. If you like this show, I mean, I can't stop what you do on the X on any other platform, on social media, but I can't keep you off the airwaves. I can. At least these airwaves. If you like being a part of this program, don't ever do that ever again. We know what that meant. Everything about that is wrong. Everything about that has been banned from the show, and yet you managed to slam it all into one sentence. Don't do it again, dude. I'm not laughing. Because it's not funny, and I'm serious. Don't do it again. That's your get-out-of-jail card. You have a second chance on life, bro. A second chance on life. Do it again, you're done. Don't try me. I'm serious. If I see that again, you're done. I mean, I'm not blocking your account on X, but I am blocking your submissions to the program. I mean, not really technically. You can keep tweeting at me, but I'll ignore them. Are we all good on that? Even if you're not good on that, do you understand that? Because I mean that. Dear Jim, that's wild. Someone got stabbed in the head with sticks? Because whenever I hear sticks, I want to get stabbed in the head. Domo origato. Brett and Bugahaw. Do this long enough and you experience everything, every feeling, 
Every thought. I thought I would do this 50 years and never once agree with Brett on anything. I agree, dude. I can't stand sticks. Hey, Tommy, you're a music guy. Where do you come out? You like sticks? That's what I appreciate about you, dude. I always say to everybody who comes to work here, do not tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me what's going to make me better. Tell me what's going to make the show better. Most of all, tell me what you really think. Tommy just said it. I, I don't love them, but when they come on, I listen and it makes me feel a little bit better. He would never seek them out. How many other shows have you been to, dude? Four? He says none. That's funny. He just said when they come on the radio, they kind of make me feel a little bit better. Really? Because when I'm driving on the freeway and Sticks comes on, I feel like going Jason Bourne and opening the door and just rolling out of the car. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Was that also a John Wick reference? No. I've seen Bourne do that. When I hear any Sticks song, not just Domo Origato... I'm frantically fishing around for chopsticks that I can run up my nose. You know what the weird thing is, dude? I've told you this story. I'm going to give you the super short version. This is one of those things. You know how people always say, don't talk about what you haven't experienced. I have experienced that. I've experienced something so much worse than a chopstick up the nose. Back in the day when I had my wisdom teeth pulled and I had this just fierce, fierce, fierce nasal infection, and they couldn't fix it. I was going to this ENT, the scariest guy I've ever met in my life. God, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I was terrified of this dude. I hated going to this guy's office. It was an absolute torture chamber. What this dude would do in trying to fix me, because I had this just crazy, crazy infection, he'd run this camera, which at the time, keep in mind, this was the mid-2000s. He ran a steel rod a long steel rod that was a camera because he thought that I needed to see what he was doing. He'd run this steel rod so far up my nose because he wanted to check on the infection. And that, man, that, that was really uncomfortable. Not like when they first started COVID testing and they were jamming sticks up people's noses and people were freaking out. Remember like online it was like, oh my God, it, it touched my brain. It was the worst thing ever. It was nothing. COVID testing was nothing. When they were, even in the beginning... When they were running those sticks up your nostrils and twirling them around for like a minute in the beginning, that was nothing compared to my homeboy in New York, or I mean in Beverly Hills, taking a steel rod and pushing that thing all the way into my brain. Man, I, I still have nightmares about that. So I know, I know what it feels like to have a chopstick rammed up your nose because those things are at least cheap wood, like balsa wood or something. I'm talking about actual metal. And not only did he do it, he made me look at the screen, the corresponding screen, and like, hey, Jim, take a look at this. I'm like, Doc, can you just get what you need and get out of my nose? No. No. Punk. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. Because if what I'm doing doesn't work, I got a much worse option for you, son. I'm like, oh, man, this is bad. Luckily, he would remove the steel rod from my nose every two weeks, but only after he went up in there and fished around, like nose porn or something. It was terrible, man. It was scary. And this dude didn't even blink. Of course, nobody's running anything up his nose. He'd have like all these famous like 
rock stars in the other in the in the room down the hall because he was a famous ENT ear nose throat specialist and there'd be a bunch of like actors and musicians and A-listers all having issues I guess have visions of like like it being like some Beverly Hills jail with people just screaming and wailing over the torture that was going on man it took everything I had not to well scream or beg come on doc not again that sticks. What I'm saying, that sticks to me. That's when I hear sticks on the radio. That's what I feel like. Never understood it, man. I mean, how many billions of records did they sell? I never understood it. No accounting for taste. Hey, anybody seen Desmond Ritter? They're laid off the practice field. Good news about that is it'll run right into my next interview. That'll happen. This is the risk we run when we book interviews back-to-back. So why do you do that, Rome? Because you take them when you get them. It's all about their practice schedule. Juan Rivera, PE, writes, Dear at Jim Rome, I was a plant on your show. A face plant. Heyo! Signed Rome putting his grill on that camera. That's fair. I deserve that. I absolutely deserve that. Hey, Rome. Plant phone calls? Gross, Rome. I'm not really into plants, but I love me some bacon bits. Regards, Big Mike, Scott and Crabchester. Mm. It's not very funny. Hey, man, you got enough to worry about there, bro, with your own coach. Dear clones, I'm not a plant, all right? I'm a plant. Signed at... Yo, wife's BF, Chris in Milwaukee. Nicely done. You see what I mean? If I wade through enough of it, somebody says something clever. That was good. That was well played. All right, so what I still want to get into is I'm looking for Desmond Ritter. I'm looking for Desmond Ritter, but they're still on the practice field. I will soon be looking for Michael Pittman Jr. He's supposed to join us next segment. The one thing I do know is the big head will be ready. He'll be ready at the top of our number three. Hey, Michigan man, I love this notion that Jim Harbaugh again is flirting with NFL teams. And by flirting with NFL teams, the second he gets one to say yes, this guy's gone. And then you'll act like you're the victim still. He'll act like he's the victim still. That he never wanted to go. He was always on record as saying, I don't want to go. But... The Big Ten treated me so unfairly. The NCAA treated me so unfairly. Everybody treated me so unfairly. I had no reason but to go. Yeah, but dude, before you started to cheat or before you got caught, you were looking to go. So nobody's going to buy that. Can you imagine how hilarious it would be if Iowa, the team with maybe the worst offense in the history of the world, were to beat Michigan this weekend? It would be hilarious because there's no way it could possibly happen. What's the under on that game? Well, I'll tell you what. What's the spread on that game? Last I checked, the spread was 23 and a half. Last I checked, the books are almost never wrong. I predict, I predict the score of that game. I don't know what the... Hey, Big Head, help me out here. What is the under? What is, the under is 34 and a half. I'm going to hit that all day long. You know why? I already know the outcome of that game. I already know the outcome, the final score. 
if the current line is 23.5, the score of that game is going to be 23.5 to nothing. Or, or, 23.5 to 2. Iowa ain't moving the ball. They're not scoring the ball. Smash the under. In fact, if there were a prop bet that called for the final score, and I can get a big number, I'd hit that thing so hard. I'd even hit it if it was 23.5 to nothing. Because I know I'm going to win that bet. Just know this, Michigan man. If you think everybody's out to get you right now, if you lose your shot at martyrdom and a natty because Iowa beats you, when you're more than a three-touchdown favorite, that really would be one of the funniest things ever. You know what, Michigan man? I'll make you a deal. You know how you keep crying that I don't leave the show on Monday with you? But I would leave the show with you if you lost. You're right. If Iowa beats you, I will blow out the NFL whip around on Monday and lead with you. You're right. I'll make you that deal. All right, let me get out. I've got to figure out my clock. Michael Pittman Jr. is supposed to join me next. If he's off the practice field, we're going to take that. And we'll try to reset Desmond. The clock. The big head. Hey, big head, I know it's your Friday and you want to get on and then get the hell off and then do whatever it is you do on Fridays. Wash dogs, wash cars, run cattle, work your other show. Stay flexible, head. I may be moving you around too. All right, stay with it. We'll come right back. I'm Jim Rome. Michael Pittman Jr. is scheduled to join us next. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. I knew it. I knew it. I told you today was going to be a great day. We are having a great show. Let's keep rolling. If you're on hold, stay there. If not, I've got a phone line which is open. Take advantage of it. Use it. one 636 8686 But I found my guest. We're joined right now by a wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. He is in his fourth season. Of course, he played his college ball out here in SoCal at USC. This season, another big year, 76 receptions, 784 yards, three touchdowns, including a season-high 10 receptions for 107-yard Sunday in the Colts' win over Tampa Bay. Indy is 6-5. and five. They've won three straight. They take on Tennessee on Sunday. We are joined by Michael Pittman, Jr. Michael, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing, Michael? Thank you. Thank you. Um, doing uh, great. Good. Great to have you. So let me ask you, it's always a good thing to have a three-game winning streak, but a great time to have it right now. What is the vibe like in your locker room, and does it feel like the team is starting to play some of its best ball as it starts to matter the most? Absolutely. Um, I feel like November ball is when it like really counts, and uh, um, I feel like we've had a really good um, start, and, and now we're getting into um, December now. So we're just looking to build off of that, and um, I would say that the confidence is um, pretty high, and like we're like feeling good about it. All right, so Michael, I don't think that it's any coincidence that the team's success has coincided with your increase in productivity. You currently have a streak of four straight games with at least eight receptions, which is the third longest streak of that kind in franchise history. How locked in do you feel personally, and what's it like to be in that much of a zone? Honestly, like I didn't even know about that stat or a streak um, until 
somebody told me about it, I think, yesterday, and I was like, I didn't even know that that was even a stat. So I don't really think too much about that. Um, like, I'm just trying to find whichever way that I can help us win. And uh, it seems like catching passes is uh, helping us do that. Michael Pittman Jr., I figured you might say something like that. I think also you probably know about this streak, and maybe the answer is similar, maybe it's not. But on, on top of that, you're now eight catches away from catching Marvin Harrison Sr. for most receptions by a Colts player in his first four seasons. Like, that that's a real thing. What's it going to mean to you? I get it. Team first. But what's it going to mean to you to be in the same company and mentioned in the same company as a Hall of Famer like Marvin? Absolutely. I mean, everybody knows Marv is, like, a great. And uh, just, just, like, just, like, whenever – Whenever your name is said around like guys like that, I mean, like it's just like a um, honor to even be brought up like in that type of company, you know. So like, it'll be uh, great. That'll be awesome. You know, it's amazing watching you guys. I'm really taken by this. I mean, injuries are a part of the game, but and I get that. So is a next man up mentality. I get that. Not so easy to next man up the likes of Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. What's it say about your offense that even with those guys battling injuries and Anthony being down for the rest of the year, that this offense just keeps finding ways to win and get it done? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, first, I think that's credit to our uh, guys just, just showing that they prepare every single week and they are ready to go no matter what. And um, I also think it speaks to um, Shane's scheme. Um, how he's able to scheme up like his like weapons, no matter what. Um, and then just back to the players. I mean, it's just the individual work ethic of of guys who who don't who don't get discouraged because they're not the guy right now because they might get their chance to be that guy. And um, I mean, I think that you singled out two of them, which is um, Gardner and then uh, Zach. I mean. Both of those guys like have been huge, um, and and uh, I think that they play a very big part in um, in the success that um, we've had so far, and in the success that we'll have going forward. I love that point you just made. The guys don't get discouraged when they're not the guy right now, because it doesn't mean they won't be the guy at some point. They're just not the guy right now. I'm also glad that you mentioned Shane. Like I always ask guys about their head coaches, and it's not because I'm looking to check some box, but I'm really curious about what it takes to lead and motivate and coach up a locker room full of alphas. Man, that's a tough, tough gig. So what is it about Shane Steichen? Like He's done an amazing job in his first year. What's he like to play for, and then how has he been able to keep guys together and to buy in the way he has? Yeah, yeah, Shane, the best way to describe Shane like as a coach is I would say that he is a player's coach for sure. He takes care of his players, and then in turn, we take care of him because you don't want to lose guys like that. Obviously, like he does such a good job for us, so we want to give that back to him. Hey, give me an example. Like, How does a guy like that take care of you guys? Is it just a matter of not pushing you too much physically, not having you guys hit too much? Is he communicating with you? How does he take care of you guys? What do you mean by that? Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing is he listens to us. So, like, um, if, so if, like, we tell him, like, hey, like, like, we need to pull back today because we just feel like our bodies aren't, rested enough to go perform to peak and then and 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 like just like little stuff like that and like it really started 
in um, training camp when as a group, because we got a group of team leaders, right? So uh, we, like, went to them and we're like, hey, like, like we think that we need to pull this back a little bit. Like, we got guys who are, um, like, just their bodies are, like, fatigued. And then, like, he, like, listened to that. And, like, we made, like, uh, and uh, we made um, changes. And, 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 like, that, and then that, sorry, and then that type of thing showed us, hey, like, like he's here for us. And um, it's really not like that everywhere. Huh. I think that makes sense. Like he's listening to us and not just listening, but actually implementing policy based on what we're saying. We're talking okay. to Michael Pittman Jr. So this show, you probably know, is based in Southern California. I try to make sure that I rep the West Coast nationally. <laughs> you grew up in the L.A. area. You were a second team All-American at USC. I'm curious, how does the fact that tonight's Pac-12 championship game is going to be the last conference game, how does that hit you, man? It just seems so weird. What's that feel like to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, I just feel like the college season flies by so fast, and really I kind of stopped paying attention to it, like, once we kind of fell out of that conversation. Um, so, I don't like, I think it's Oregon and, uh, Oregon and uh, Washington who are battling for a uh, playoff spot. So, I mean, it um, – it's just good that we'll have a Pac-12 team in there. Um, unfortunately, it's not USC, but uh, they've had some uh, success and and some uh, struggles. So, like, I'm just proud of them that they like battled through that. Um, the offense is absolutely rolling. So, uh, like, that was great. Hey, dude, what about your team? You think that tough year, right? Tough, tough mm-hmm. year. That goes without saying. Seven and five. Do you think that Lincoln Riley is in it for the long haul in LA? Do you feel like that? And do you are you confident that he can get this thing back on track quickly? Absolutely. I mean, like anything takes time, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, he hasn't been there for uh, very long. He hasn't really got time to uh, time to recruit like his players. So, like, just like it's. Like it's so hard to take a team in one year from from I mean I don't want to say like bottom but rebuilding takes time so um, I mean I I'd say that they did pretty well like in the two years like that like uh, that they've been there so after his his second full year like I would say like hey like this is really his team now because he's had time to get those young players. And now those players are now juniors, so so like it's so like it's really hard for like a college coach to just come in like year one and two and just flip things around. Like it's going to take time because players have to like mature, and you got to get guys in. You got to get your like your guys. So um, and they got to get that uh, defense going again. So. So we'll uh, see like what happens like in the future. Michael Pittman Jr. is joining me. Got to get that defense going again. Listen, one last thought. Because you spent your entire career with the Colts, you know the Titans pretty well, right? They get after people defensively. What stayed with you about that 23-16 to win over Tennessee in Week 5? What are you expecting in the rematch on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you always expect them to come out um, hitting hard, and they're always um, they're always ready to play, and by that – like, like they always have that like intensity, and it doesn't wear off. So we just have to match that, and uh, uh, just, just, just try and find ways to uh, make plays. And if we do that, I think that we'll be uh, looking up on uh, Sunday, and uh, we'll be 
pretty happy about it. So. Colts are 6-5, and five, having another big year. Really good year, in fact. And Michael Pittman Jr. putting up huge numbers once again. Michael, appreciate you. Great to have you on the show, especially right before a game, dude. Thanks for doing that. Great talking to you. All right. Thank you, Jim. Yes, sir. Michael Pittman Jr. He's putting up incredible numbers. Like I said, if you're mentioned in the same sentence as Marvin Harrison Sr., and you're a wide receiver, and you're about to break a mark that he set with games remaining, you're having a good career. You're having a really nice career. Good to talk to him. All right, so we have that. We found Desmond. Desmond Ritter coming up next segment. So inevitably, we will go back to back to back. Desmond Ritter is next. Inevitable. James Kelly is inevitable. You know what's inevitable? There you are. Butcher and murder and assassinate the English language. That's inevitable. Inevitable. That'll happen at 11 o'clock straight up. You want to know something else? Inevitable. Alvin's week that was will kill. That's coming up in hour number three. You know Live from Southern California. This is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Clones, not all beef jerky is the same. By now you know this. Old Trappers, original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy, and peppered, all come in four-ounce bags. So you can sample different flavors to find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Robin O sent this. Quote, no joke. Line for Iowa, first half points is .5. Oh, I know. I'm well aware of this. James Kelly and I were going to hit on this. If I'm not mistaken, I think it is for both halves. That's for a championship game. How insane is that? The over-under is a half a point for a half for a conference championship game. It's incredible. The second half, it depends where you go. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't want to miss. I don't want to misspeak on this. But you're right. The first half is 0.5. A half a point in a championship game is incredible. Zach and Wisco writes: Your anti-sticks stance has offended every Steeler fan since they roll out Renegade before the fourth quarter at home games. I can't wait to see all the hate coming your way. You got nothing better to do, Zach, than see all the hate coming my way, then you have a good life. Because there's plenty of hate coming my way. Who cares? Oh, no. Steeler fan might be unhappy. That, that doesn't change my take. I said nothing about their team. Well, I said a lot about their team. Mostly I agree with them about their team, just not their band. At Wooden Laconic is in. What was more painful? Getting a steel rod shoved up your infected nose. Or trying to make it through a show with a double hernia? Good question, Wooden. Anything you send me is more painful to me than either of those two things. In fact, either of those two things combined. And those two things 
were two of the more painful things I've experienced in my life, but not nearly as painful as anything you send me, dude, on the regular. I'd rather have a steel rod rammed up my nose and a double hernia than read one more of your exes, laconic. Just kidding. Not really. Yeah, the double hernia was not cool. You don't want that. I mean, people have been through much worse. Don't get me wrong. But me sweating profusely on the air in grave pain was not cool. Remember, the producer comes running in with, hey, hey boss, here's six Advil. I'm like, get me, get me four more. Carl and Prescott, War Jim, using that thing from Total Recall for his nose. That's funny. That makes me laugh. Remember that? Where he's got to get that bug out. And that thing, he's like, ah! And he's got like that claw. At least the rod that went up my nose didn't have a claw at the end of it. However, the procedure that the doctor then said that I needed did have a hook at the end of it. And he broke out that tool and he showed it to me. And I'm like, oh, hell no. That was scary stuff. The hook. The hook was really scary. Let's see. Anyway, one more and I'll move on. Planet Wilson won. Jeff Amsterdam. Dude has sticks stuck in his brain. He should give us a try. Regards that stupid Red Sox song and Mr. Automatic. Dude, you're so wrong. Mr. Automatic is incredible. You definitely want that stuff in your head. What is the matter with you? Some of you are like, look at this guy. At maybe total Big E. Jim, the 6-6 six and six Bills are ass. Also, Jim, the 6-5 and five Colts are having an amazing season. LOL. Let me help you out here, dude. Laugh out loud. I don't even know why I have to waste my time on stuff like this. The Bills. The 6-6 six and six Bills were supposed to win it all this year. Actually, they were supposed to win it all last year. Actually, they were supposed to win it all the year before then, too. Actually, they're supposed to win it all every year, genius. Nobody expected the Colts to do jack this year. Rookie quarterback who played what, like nine college games? Rookie head coach. Star running back who was really unhappy and didn't want to be there. They lose that rookie quarterback. The star running back is banged up. Yet they're six and five with a better record than the Bills that everybody thought was going to win it all this year? What's not to understand about this, bro? What is not to understand about this? First-year head coach, they lost their QB1, who also was a first-year player, and the Bills are an alleged Super Bowl contender every freaking year. Super Bowl or bust. Way to go, maybe total biggie. You caught me in that one. Y'all got to do better. I'll admit when I'm wrong. Believe me, I'm wrong plenty. Just not when a lot of you knuckleheads think I'm wrong. It's a good sport though, right? It's fun. You're having fun with that. James Kelly insists that for Iowa, it is the same for both halves. Half point. We'll see. Either way, 
I stick by my prediction. Michigan wins that game 23 and a half to nothing or 23 and a half to two. I'm still efforting Desmond Ritter. If we can't find him, then we're going to have to stay fluid and we lose him or we move him because now we're in the middle of a segment. That'll happen. Sometimes you just got to roll with things, yo. I know this. James Kelly is set for the top of the hour, and I bet he's not happy about what happened last night. Cowboy fan, are you as ecstatic as your quarterback was? Dak, man. Dak had his chest out. Dak's playing great. I said it myself before the game. I just wouldn't be flexing before you have all these tests that are ahead of you that you still have to pass. Tests that you could very easily fail. Legitimate tests. You barely pass that test. A test against a team that's 500. You've got much better teams coming up. Stop acting like you just beat Philly. You'll have a chance. Stop acting like you just beat Frisco. I mean, hell, stop acting like you beat even Miami or Detroit. Stop acting like you beat a team that's got a winning record right now. Have you ever played at home, doctor? Do you ever play that game? Like, I try to talk Dodger Jano out of doing this. Anytime there's something wrong, she goes to her phone. Mostly, I was going to say mostly for me, but for herself too. That's always such a bad idea, right? Like, something feels off, I think I'll Google that. Generally, when you do that, you realize I've got like five days to live. You don't want to do that. You don't want to run to the internet and try to diagnose yourself. Because you end up... Oh, I don't want to see you picking up that phone right now, dude. Doesn't work now. Okay. Because when you go to the internet and try and diagnose yourself and play at-home doctor, inevitably you get bad news. Really bad. Well, you think it's bad news, but it might not be bad news. We've all done that before. You know where I'm going with that. The news about, man, why does my head hurt every single day? Finish that thought. Got some time right now. We are joined by a quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. He is in his second season. Played his college ball at Cincinnati. Sunday, he passed for a couple of touchdowns in leading the Falcons to their big win over the Saints. Atlanta is 5-6. and six. They're tied for first in the NFC South. They take on the Jets on Sunday. We are joined right now by Desmond Ritter. Desmond, good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you. So let me ask you, I know you're all in on the Jets. That game's coming up in a couple of games. But I mentioned the win over the Saints last week. Big win for a number of reasons. Number one, it snaps a three-game losing streak, gives you a share of first place, and it did mark your return to the starting lineup. How did it feel to be back out there, and not only that, but to play big and help that team get a win that it had to have? Yeah, it felt great. Obviously, being out there um, is where everyone wants to be. If you're on the team, you're on the sidelines. Um, you want to be out there playing the game, uh, playing with all your brothers that you know you you put in the work in since early March, May. Um, to be able to go out there and just you know perform was huge. Obviously, like we said, uh, playing against the Saints, who at home, a uh, division rival, um, a huge game for us. Um, to be able to go out there and do what we did, 
uh, was not only huge for you know myself, but huge for the team as well. Desmond Ritter joining us. You know, reporters obviously want to come to you and ask you, hey man, what did you learn during those games that you didn't play? I really liked what you had to say to them in response to that question. For those who didn't see it, when they said, what did you learn during that time? How did you answer that question? Yeah, you know, I said, you know, I learned it from about two different aspects. You know, you look at it from yourself and then you look at it, I said, um, from a, a, a kind of step back approach and kind of look at the overall offense as a whole. Uh, but for myself, you know, I honestly learned how to be a true backup. Um, you know, I've told everyone that I've, in, in this position, I've never been, you know, a true backup where I have to come in a game and, and go in in the fourth quarter. Um, and that's throughout grade school, throughout high school, throughout college. Um, so, you know, that was the first time experience for me. And, you know, you realize, you know, what it takes to be a backup um, because you have to prepare as you're a starter and uh, you just don't get as many reps as a starter does, but you're expected to go in there and play the exact same way the starter does. Um, and then as a team, you know, you kind of step back and look and, you know, you're not in there all those reps, like I said, at practice, and you just kind of see how things are going. Uh, you're watching games from the sideline, and so it's a different perspective. Um, and, you know, I just felt like, you know, sometimes there was a – a lack of energy or, you know, a lack of focus at the time. And, you know, I just kind of brought that to everyone's attention when I came back, just, you know, hey, we got to keep the energy up, uh, keep the focus, you know, no matter what's going on in the game, no matter what's going on in the practice, um, and be able to keep the same energy throughout the entire game. Desmond Ritter is joining us. Let me ask you about your coach really quickly, Arthur Smith, because I'm a big fan. Like, you tell me I'm wrong, but he to me, is he's like, he's got a perfect combination of being a dude with an old-school mentality, but a new-age offensive mindset, if that makes sense. What's he like to play for, and what's it like to run his innovative offensive scheme? Yeah, he's a, he's a great coach to play for. You know, everyone likes him here in the locker room. Uh, he's obviously a, a tough, gritty guy who uh, has worked his way up from the bottom, and um uh, you know, he just comes in to work every single day. You know, he's one of the first guys here, um, definitely the last to leave, and you just see the heart and passion um, that he has not only for this game but for this team and organization. Um, and then, you know, coming in as a rookie, not going to lie to you, the offense was tough at first. Um, you know, there's a lot of different personnels, a lot of shifts, a lot of motions. Um, but one thing that I enjoyed that, you know, he, he kind of stuck it to me as soon as I got here was he told me, you know, we're not going to baby you. Um, you know, we're not going to give you a wristband. Uh, you're going to learn, you know, the play calls. You're going to spit out the play calls, and, you know, we're going to expect you to execute. Um, so I felt like, you know, that was the biggest advantage for me was to come in, uh, to be able to learn, the, you know, a complex offense is this, because um, some in the NFL, you know, aren't as complex. But to be able to come in and learn his offense, which is, you know, could be in many different ways, um, it's not only been great for me, but been great for everyone else to be able to come in and just learn different things. That's exactly what I was getting at. I like that. Desmond Ritter joining us. So you've got the Jets on Sunday. That's a team, obviously, with a really solid defense. In fact, a defense they're relying on more and more every single Sunday. Looking at the film, what stands out to you the most about that Jets D? Yeah, obviously, you look at those front four. Um, those front four, I would say, are probably the heart and soul of their defense. Um, they're able to, to rush the quarterback and attack that line of scrimmage, and they do a great job of it, uh, putting pressure on the quarterbacks. And then they, they allow that, that pressure allows the, the DBs in the back end uh, to stick on their guys another second um, and make the quarterback hold the ball and let that D line get to them. So, you know, the, we, we got to do a great job of being able to go up there and uh, stop that D line. Desmond, really quickly, what's it like? You've got, as a quarterback on that team, you've got so many guys to keep happy, guys that want to be fed, guys that want to eat. I want to ask you about Bijan Robinson. We know he can run the ball. He leads the team in rushing. He can also catch it out of the backfield. How much better do you think he's going to get even as his career progresses? 
Oh, he's going to eat. You know, he's only breaking the brink of where he's going to be at. Uh, but, you know, like you said, you know, we do have a lot of great guys on this team, a lot of great guys on this offense to get the ball to. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't work if you have a selfish team. Uh, if you don't have the right guys in the building, you don't have the right guys on offense. Um, you know, there could be a lot of pointing, a lot of fingers. Why am I not getting the ball? Why are we run blocking? What are we doing? Um, those, that's just not the guys we have here. Um, all the guys want success. All the guys want to go to the Super Bowl, want to go to the playoffs, and we'll do whatever it takes. And so I think, you know, that's why, you know, not only, you know, us, but just everyone's going to be successful at the end of the day. Desmond Ritter joining us. Desmond, we had to work for it, but, man, it was worth it. Great to have you on the show. Really appreciate that conversation, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Great job, Desmond Ritter. I like that conversation. All right, so you've got Atlanta going up against the Jets. In fact, the big head now. We'll talk about that game next. So my thanks to the Falcons. They made that happen. Desmond came off the practice field, got it in. All right, I like it. I love it when things work out. Hour number three coming up. Big head bets next.